Welcome everyone, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This is a program of the International Discipleship Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can go to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org to learn more about our work in over 40 countries. You can also find us through the links at breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll learn about our missions fellowship. We meet every Sunday for worship at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise, Idaho. Now we take our Bibles in hand to conclude a consideration of Elijah's prayer for rain on Mount Carmel. We've learned already to pray for what is promised, to pray when we hear the sound of rain. God's answer seems to be coming, pray even more, to pray with our faces to the ground, be humble and dependent, especially after God has wonderfully used you. And now we learn, pray expectantly, pray watchfully, and pray persistently. Pray. Fire falls on the altar. Immediately after that, the people begin to repent and Elijah in the power of that spirit goes and takes the 450 prophets of Baal and what does it say he does? He slays them all. Such manly expressions of influence and power and the spirit being upon him. But now he goes to pray for rain. God has answered in such a powerful way. And now he prays that God will bless and pour out rain upon the people and he does not have his head up. His body is low to the ground. His face is between his knees. This is the true reaction of anyone who knows that they've been used mightily by God. The person who takes to heart what has happened when God works through them doesn't grow in brashness, but in humility. They don't go strutting out before people, but they run from them trembling and looking for a place to fall on their face before God who has worked so mightily through them. You see a person growing proud in the ministry and the way that God has used them, and you see a person who has come to exercise their ministry in the energy and ingenuity of their own flesh. Because when God works through you, and when God does powerful things, it humbles you. It brings you down to your knees. God had come upon Elijah in that moment through his obedience and his response to him, and God had done this powerful and great thing, and Elijah can't hold his head up anymore. He was holding his head up before the people as a representative of the prophet of God, of the people of God, and speaking the power and strength of God's word. But now he's alone before God and he's on his knees before God and his head is to the ground. God, it was all of you. It was all of your work. The Bible says someday that God is going to give us a crown for the work that we've done for him. The work that we've done through his own enabling and his own empowering those things that we've done by his strength and his power that bring glory and honor to him. And these crowns are going to be placed upon our heads. But we're, we're never really to forget where these crowns belong. They don't really belong on our heads. They belong at the feet of the Lord Jesus. And we're supposed to prepare ourselves to cast them there. If you forget this and you begin to gloat over how or what or where God has used you, you nullify why God entrusted the work to you all along. The reason God gave that work to you was in the midst of your weakness, he wanted to get glory for himself and to glorify himself. Prayer is the place where we not only meet God, but we meet ourselves before God and it should always produce in us humility. 
We don't approach God as we learned last week on our own merits. We always approach God with our hand upon the head of the Lamb who died in our place. We pray in Jesus' name and we pray through His merits alone. And prayer is a rehearsal of this gospel in which God saved us in our wretchedness but received us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ to work through us. And by the way, there's boldness when you know that. When you've got your hand on the head of the Lord Jesus, when you're holding on to the garment of your great high priest, you can come into the very presence of God in the holy place with boldness, but you don't come with brashness. It's a boldness that also is reflected in a profound humility. So pray with your face to the ground. Here's the fourth thing. Pray watchfully. Pray watchfully. There has to be a sense of expectation that God will answer your request. This is what faith is. Elijah is praying, but Elijah sends his servant out seven times to see whether the rain is coming. Just check and see if you see any signs of the rain coming. I hear the sound, but see if the clouds are coming yet. Elijah is praying with a watchfulness. He's praying with an expectation. Sometimes our prayers can become just sad habits in which there's no expectation at all, but just belief that if we just say certain things, we're exercising some kind of meritorious formalism in which God will be pleased because we're saying all the right things, but we actually don't even believe God for them. Our prayers can't be just expressions of religious tradition, of just saying the right things before them. They have to be a reflection that we've taken his promises to heart and we long for them and we expect him to answer. We expect him to answer. So pray with expectation. I remember years ago I did a ministry in South Florida with an ethnic group of people in a certain community. We had worked with a number of their different churches and we had a little group that was working with their churches. It was clear that they were not using our people to go and do any kind of evangelism whatsoever. So our little team that was being neglected, they would come every day and they'd turn them away from the very purpose we'd come to do, which was actually to go with them into the community to share the gospel. I finally decided I'm going to go over and visit the church and to kind of prompt the pastor to fulfill the promise he made of how we were going to work with them. And when I got there, his congregation was full of people praying. I said, what's going on here? Oh, well, we, he says, we have for years, we've got together every morning at this time to pray that God would help us reach our community for Christ. I walked out from where the prayer was taking place and there was our team that had not been used for like two days sitting in a room. They told them to wait there while they prayed of all things. Anyhow, I went with the pastor and I said, listen, I have to tell you something. We do want to pray and we want to pray with expectation, but there's a point in time in which praying, praying is a sin. When God is sending the answer, when God's wanting to do the work and you're still just praying, you demonstrate that you think you're gaining merit by God, by your prayers. You've just created a kind of habitual formalism that's no different, literally, folks, it's no different than these men who are beating themselves before Baal. It's vain repetition. When God is giving you the answer and you're not taking advantage of it, but you're still carrying on your prayers, something's wrong. Even Elijah, at some point in time, stops praying and starts running down through the rain. Pray watchfully. Pray expectantly. Don't let your prayers become some formal expression of habit where you ask God for all the right things, but you don't really believe God and trust God and look to God to do it. Here's the fifth thing. Pray perseveringly. Pray perseveringly. Elijah 
prays and seven times he sends back his servant to look for an answer to the prayer. And When you persevere in prayer, by the way, you prove or you demonstrate what your true desires are and what your true delights are. You might want to write that down. When you persevere in prayer, you prove what your true desires are and you prove what your true delights are. I find it interesting here that God answered Elijah's prayer for fire quickly and he answered his prayer for rain slowly. (laughs) I don't know exactly why God did that. Oftentimes, this is where we're weak in our prayers. We go to God with a request, even for something great and something important, and we pray for it, but if God doesn't answer right away, we stop praying. But Elijah didn't. He continued to pray, and he continued to seek God, and he continued to look for the answer, and at least he felt that as he prayed, God was holding him in his presence. He wasn't merely babbling like the priest of Baal. He was persistently seeking God for an answer here. Again, our prayers prove our true desires and our true delights. I thought about this many years ago. One of my children, actually it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it had to have been over 20 years ago. One of my little girls came to me and asked me if I would do something for them that I didn't, I'd already told them I wasn't going to do. Maybe it was take them to get an ice cream cone. And they kept asking me throughout the day for an ice cream cone. And finally, I turned to the child and I said, listen, just because you keep asking for something doesn't mean you're going to get it. For example, honey, you could ask for a pony, but you're not going to get a pony. She responded by saying, I'd get a pony if I kept asking you for 100 years. Well, that's probably right. (laughs) If you kept asking me and kept that, I'd probably get you a pony. Why? Because I knew what her true delight was and her true desire was. And at some point in time, I I couldn't deny her. We say no to our children at times just to simply measure out whether they really want it or not. We say no to our children even when we plan on saying yes sometimes just to keep them near to us until the right moment when we are going to fulfill that answer and we're going to do it for them. God does the same thing. God does not answer Elijah quickly. God delays, but... Elijah finds in this an opportunity to remain with God in prayerful community, and it's fine. And so God's delays are an opportunity for us. His delays are a time of measuring, where God will measure out what we really want and what we really delight in. And the one who perseveres in prayers proves what his true desire is for God to answer, and he also demonstrates that his greatest delight is to be in the presence and in communion with God in prayer. I just like being with you. Until you answer, I'm going to stay here. That's a good thing. That's what God is seeking. Here's a quick review. Pray at the sound of rain or the signal of rain. Know God's promises and look for the evidence of their coming and pray. Pray in private. Get alone with God. Pray with a humble spirit. As God works and as God works through you, let it cause you to bow yourself down lower to him and give him all the glory. Pray with a frequent look of expectation. Pray believingly. Pray and keep on praying. Persevere with a desire for God's promises and a delight in God's glory. Let's bow our heads. And as we learned last week, pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ with our hands upon the head of the one who suffered and died in our place praying on the basis of your merit Lord Jesus 
your life for our life, your righteousness for our unrighteousness. You're taking our sin in order that we might be made the righteousness of God in you. Coming before the Father, not in our own standing, but in the standing of our Savior and what he's accomplished so fully and completely for us. Acknowledging our sins, but also acknowledging that our sins have been provided for completely in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so our prayer is a rehearsal every single day of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not my merit. We don't come praying, Lord, look what I've done. Look how faithful I've been. God, answer my prayer because I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. How foolish. How it proves that we've just sunk back into the law. We come to you praying, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, I come to you in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ, who has died for me and has won the victory. And I pray not only that you would answer this my prayer, but I pray you would answer for his glory and for his honor and for his praise. Because worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. So God, teach us to pray for worthy things. Teach us to pray for those things you promised and to long for them. Make our hearts sensitive to what you're doing. To hear and see the sound and expressions of your spirit at work and to respond, yes, Lord, that. Where there's a delay, oh God, to delight in being in your presence until you choose to answer. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.